0: Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary Day 120. It's now been one year, 28 weeks and six days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Well, it's finally here the super duper grand finale to my wonderful experiment thank you so much to the bcs who chose to comment or to send audio or other special features to be part of our last show my hope for this episode is that it will give us a wonderful chance to revisit memory lane as well as to take a peek into what's next for mark and me First up, after our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll let go of something for the very last time, on the show anyway. Then I'll go back to Descanso Gardens, where many of my first episodes were recorded. From that well-worn bench by the dry riverbed, the B.C. I've known the longest, Cheryl, will give us her eloquent thoughts via the bravery hotline. I'll celebrate my last five-star review on USA iTunes and tell you how you can still emotionally and financially support Compulsive Overeating Diary. I'll read goodbye comments from newish BC Karen D, our old friend BC Bryce, the wonderful BC Happy, our beloved BC Suze, dedicated listener and sometimes poster BC Rachel, and our very last brand new BC Petra will be welcomed on this show. Then a trip to jolly old England as Sue from the UK sends us her voice and thoughts as she says goodbye. Then, on to the podcast rock at my local park for the next set of features. We'll hear what Alan Standish is up to these days as he and I share one last conversation for Compulsive Overeating Diary. And he says goodbye to you, the BCs. The first of four stories from my writing group will be read by actor and writing group member Peter. Stephanie from Quebec will ask me one last secret topic of the day, then send us her audio farewells. Jake, the second of my writing friends, will share his tender story about meeting expectations, then the wonderful, fantastic Donnie will hold one last court in foolish fun as she shares her special take on goodbye. We'll end the show by climbing once more to the next to Upper Zen place where Samantha, the founder of our writing group, will share her story. Then BC Dave Glowen gives us his own goodbye via the Bravery Hotline just before. I'll be delighted to present to you for a very special version of Lori's stories, his own radio play called Dave vs. the Robot Aliens, directed by none other than my coach, actor and director, David Babbage, and starring a cast of professional and student voice actors. Following that, so you'll have a good idea what I'll be up to in the near future, I will share with you a coaching session live from the sound booth as David Babbage and I work on my professional voice acting demo. We'll finish up my adventures in voice acting with a take of a lively piece I wrote for my demo called Cranston County Fair. Then our last international audio goodbye comes all the way from Spain as our very brave Maria shares her tender words with us and I try my very best to share some back. Then, I'm very touched and humbled that after giving us her own goodbyes, our resident songwriter slash singer, Fiona Lane, debuts a song she wrote for me to play for you on today's historic occasion. The song is titled, Light in the Dark, and is written as if I'm singing to you. Luckily, it is Fiona who will be doing the singing, but the sentiment is right on. Our last writing group story of the day will come from none other than Mark who surprises himself weekly by how good of a writer he's turning out to be. After which, Mark will talk with me one last time to take the place of my scale and tell you all how I'm doing in his eyes and to give you his take on what our future holds. So stay tuned, B.C.s, while we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by John.
1: Attention, attention, attention. We are breaking into the regularly scheduled podcast for an active bravery alert. Lori will now perform an actual act of bravery on the air.
0: Well, BCs, you know the three things that I've been doing in the year or so that I've been doing the show, besides thinking about my compulsive eating, is one, I do voice acting, which you're going to get plenty of. Two, I've been going to a writing group, which you're going to get plenty of. But three, I took singing lessons. But because I wanted to focus more on my voice work, I let the singing lessons slide. But I didn't want to let today go without I don't know <laughs> letting you hear me sing because that was probably without a doubt the bravest thing i ever did was sing in public so for your enjoyment or for your understanding i rewrote the words to america to you for ubcs so here it is acapella the best i could do from my brave heart to yours the bc america song
2: Are the best companions who march abreast, for we move on. Once more we hike today to the Zen hideaway. We'll say so.
1: And now, back to our regularly scheduled inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward.
0: To give you one last heartfelt smooch and round of applause Yay! Yay! for allowing me to use your wonderful song i'm letting go throughout this show that was just a fantastic blessing that you did that for me and this song has literally changed my life it's amazing the power of music the power of sharing and also BC's this was probably one of my first risks when I wrote to Josh and said I'm doing this show it might go onto to iHeartRadio how much will you charge me to use I'm letting go I really really like it and do you mind that I'm using it on compulsive overeating diary you know some people aren't thrilled to be associated with compulsive overeating diary <laughs> because they have a little bit of fear about the topic but Josh was wonderful he said Lori it's yours to use for free as long as you go and I don't care how famous the show gets or how many times it's downloaded on your show, it's yours to use. And that's why I make sure that every single show I say his name, Josh Woodward, because I think it's a fabulous song. He deserves all the credit. And if you're going to miss it, go over to joshwoodward.com and download it. You know, it's only something like a dollar or I think you can still get it for free if you signed up for Josh's newsletter, but I'm Letting Go is just one of my favorite songs. And to me, it's all about the things that it talks about is having a relationship that's not working out and needing to move on. And for that history with that relationship to die, basically. And that relationship for me was my relationship with food, and also the relationship that I was having with my life in general, though I didn't realize that. So for today's topic, I thought about it a lot, like, what should I be letting go of the last show? Well, that doesn't usually work out for me to pre-plan what I'm going to let go. So instead, I listened to that inspirational snippet a few times up here on the next to Zen spot. And... I realize that the big thing for all of us to let go, if we can, if it's possible, (laughs) is to let go of regret and fear of having regrets. You know, what is regret? You know, we've talked a little bit before about guiltiness. Guiltiness is really appropriate when you have actually done something wrong, right? If you actually called someone a name or if you said, I'm not going to do this because this is going to hurt somebody, then you have a little twinge in your conscience. That's guilt. that's not regret regret is when you didn't ask that person out that you were attracted to regret is that you didn't go after the job of your dreams regret is that you didn't try to do something about your weight if it's really bothering you you know these things that go into our minds about what we regret they all come down to decisions right now the last one, I don't advocate for myself to try to do something about my weight any longer. But for some of you, that's still on the table. And I know because I've lived through 50-some years of regret about my body size that I'm always regretting. Like, why didn't I do something sooner? Why didn't I start a diet a year ago so I could be thin today? You know, <laughs> Regret, regret, regret. But regret really comes back to our decision-making skill and how we feel about our decisions. And do we trust ourselves that we make in our lives the best decisions that we can make at that time? Now, I posit, unless you actually are having a trouble with a mental illness of some sort, we do all make the best decision that we can at the time. Is it observably the very best decision that we could ever have made if we looked at every single one of our choices? No. I mean, it's not the best decision while stuck in traffic on the 405 to give someone the finger and honk my horn and be pissed off. Not that I've ever done that, BC's wink wink. No, (laughs) that wouldn't be the best decision. But at that time, maybe my rage was boiling over so much that it seemed like the best decision, right? And I might somewhat regret it, But to spend my energy regretting that behavior, regretting, 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 and replaying it over and over in my mind does not serve me. Doing that kind of thing just makes me feel like I'm a bad person. And I'm not. I'm a good person. I'm a good person who F's the heck up sometimes, just like every person. There is no person. I'm sure even Mother Teresa Even Martin Luther King, even Gandhi, had days where maybe they snapped at people or did something in the end that they said, well, you know, maybe that wasn't the very best choice for me to have made looking back. But they did what they thought was best at that time. And we all do. So what can we do? Are you saying, Lori, that we ought to go around acting like rude lunatics and not care and be sociopaths and just be out for number one? No. What I'm saying is, if you make a mistake or what you consider a mistake later in life, like if I look back at driving behavior and said, hmm, maybe that wasn't the best thing to be letting my rage go while I'm driving and hurting someone who did something on the 405, that's not really very safe or good. And it doesn't do anything but make my blood pressure go up and hurt my health to be so, so crazy in the car. A better thing is to learn the lesson from it. Instead of saying, I regret that, and to let that ruminate with me, it's better to say, what can I learn from that? I notice a behavior that I don't think served me to my very best. And if it's really lesson-worthy... Then consider it, make a plan for yourself of what you might like to do in future. Maybe practice it, maybe think about that. So the next time when you're tempted to flip someone off while in traffic, you might go, huh, I won't do that. Instead, I'll count to ten. One, two, three, four, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then I will smile and say, Bless you, I bet you're having a bad day day, and you can just know that that's your equivalent of flipping someone off, but that in reality, you are sending positive energy to yourself as well as to the other individual. Now, I must say, honestly, that doesn't always work for me, but there's a lot of things that we can regret, and we can go back and look through our lives and say, oh, I screwed that up. I regret this. Why didn't I do this? And the biggest regrets I find are not the what I did, it's what I didn't do, the fear. The fear of what I didn't do, right? Oh, shoot. I should have done this. I wish I'd done that. I wish long ago I would have followed this path. I wish I would have done this thing. But again, here I sit today on the mountain. There is no time traveling DeLorean for me to go back in time and change what Lori in the past has done. Nothing. Nothing. And if all those people are no longer in my life or those situations are no longer in my life, I can't even always make amends to them. I can do it the best I can if I feel like they're owed an apology or I can come up here on the mountain and stack some prayer rocks and send good energy to their families or to them in that situation. I mean, I can do what I can do. But for the most part, all I can do when I feel that pang of regret is to think about that and see, is there a lesson in it? And sometimes there really isn't a big lesson. You just went oopsie and followed some old behavior. And in that case, it's best to take a deep breath and just let it go. Say, well, I screwed up. I was a jerk. Or, geez, I wish I would have done this different. But you know what? I'm human. I'm letting it go. Because then your focus can move on into the future where you can think about, what kind of person do I wish to be? Do I wish to be kind? Do I wish to be thoughtful? Do I wish to be fearless? Do I wish to be outgoing? Do I wish to be funny? Do I, what do I wanna be? And what are the kinds of behaviors and choices I can make to be that way, right? That's, that's what you wanna do is to focus on what can I be, not what have I done outside of figuring out if there's a lesson to it. Now one reason I'm bringing up regret is that some of you for this show sent me some wonderful audio and messages and some of you who normally participate did not do that. You chose not to do that. And I feel a little sorry about that. I would have liked to hear from you, but I don't regret it. I know that you are where you are and for whatever reason, busy, sad, you know, not listening any longer, whatever the reason is, that's your reason. And it's really not my business. But what I want to make sure that you know, BCs, if you are one of those BCs who had that thought like, oh, I wish I'd participated in the show. And now listening to this show, I regret that I didn't. I want you to know that I'm not upset with you. And I believe that the show is exactly as the show should be and that your life is your life, and I love you and care about you, whether you participate or not. I appreciate you when you participate. I appreciate the energy and time and effort that it takes to participate in anything, to support me in anything. I understand what that takes, and that's why I appreciate it. But my feelings of wishing you well, of setting up prayer rocks on everyone's behalf, my Sense of who I am as Lori is no longer really impacted by that. So you don't have to feel badly at all on my account. And if you're saying, man, are you self involved, Lori, that you're even assuming that I have regret about my choice, well, maybe you're right. But you know what? I don't regret that either. Because all I'm doing now is sitting up here on my next to top Zen place on the bench looking at the beautiful mountain and saying, I'm so happy for all those who participated, and I still love everyone who participated or who didn't. And I'm hoping that in future some of you may still participate because, as I'll say a few times in this show, if you send me some foolish fun or some stories for Lori's stories, I might just throw it into my bonus episodes. Because for me, that stuff is really fun. What I'm not going to do anymore is focus on my own weight loss journey or focus on my body type or size or anything because as I explained last time I pretty much moved on from that I'm pretty happy that I have achieved what I set out to do and I now have a life that is focused on living versus focused on my body size or what I'm having to eat or what food's going to do to me or are the robot aliens going to torture me with binge behaviors Well, robot aliens might come and torture me a little bit with some other fears and other thoughts, as we'll discuss later in BC Dave's wonderful radio show, Dave versus versus the Robot Aliens. But I have really, really moved on from that. So that's why I'm choosing to not focus my podcast on my compulsive eating journey any longer. But if it makes you feel good to call the bravery hotline or you Speakpipe pipe to tell me some of your struggles or some things that you did or things that make you brave do that I'm happy to hear it I might not be putting it on the show anymore but I'm happy to hear it and I'm happy to answer you you know I'll write you email if I know it <laughs> Or if you use SpeakPipe, I can call you right back and send you a vocal voicemail. That's the way SpeakPipe works. Any SpeakPipe I get, I can record on my phone and send you a voicemail right back. So I still want to hear from you. I still want to have you post on the blog. I'll still write in the blog, CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com, about how things are going with me. Though, to be honest, I think my writing about eating will decrease and will become more about what's going on in my life. But I'll still have my ponderings, right, about bravery and my ponderings about fear and my ponderings about do I have the esteem for things or how can I better increase my esteem or, you know, other things in my life, the, the things that I found out that were under my compulsive eating. So again, if you're finding yourself really thinking a lot about your regrets, that means you feel wishy washy about some of your decisions in the past. And I encourage you, BCs, if possible, to give yourself a big inner hug, mm, and say, you know, I did the best that I could. I'm going to stand by my decision that I was doing the best that I could, and I'm going to turn my attention to my future. What can I do today to make my life more of what I want? And what I'm gonna do right now, BCs, is continue on with making day 120 the very best show that I possibly can give you because I love you all so much. And that means I'm going out with no regrets. as part of today's show I wanted to go a little bit down memory lane as well as updating you on where I might be going in future. So with this in mind I thought it would be awesome fun instead of doing the whole show from the next to upper zen place to go podcast a little bit from the various places that I have done the show. So right now I'm actually sitting on my podcast bench at Descanso Garden next to the dry riverbed. This is a place where I did many, many, many of my first shows because I used to go do water aerobics at the Y and then come over here, take a walk, and then ponder on this bench. It's kind of near the back of the park and peaceful. And this brings back a lot of happy memories. You might be hearing some birds, people, flies, who knows, because this is a public park and so lots of people do come by, but I'm very happy to revisit this bench one more time with you. And I think what we'll do here on the bench by the dry riverbed is first listen to the eloquent and wonderful audio greetings from my dearest, longest friend in this podcast world, Cheryl.
3: Hey, Lori. Cheryl here, dropping by to bid farewell to the broadcast and help inaugurate your new journey. So much has changed in your life since I first met you at Calorie King probably 10 years ago, You were settled in a career and were very focused, not only on your career, but on the task of losing weight. You really amazed me. Then you had your accident and life turned upside down for you. I can't begin to imagine the frustration of learning what you couldn't do anymore, but the talents that were innate in you couldn't be stuffed out, and look what you've done with your life. The podcast is a testimony to the rebirth you've gone through. Out of the ashes of that old life came something so awesome, something so big that it went beyond even you to all of us. And what a ride your experiment has been. It has led you down pathways you only dreamed about before. I'm so, I've am so, i so enjoyed getting to know all the BCers on here. There's nothing better for a person's soul than to learn they're not alone in their trials. And that, together, we can accomplish incredible things. Maybe we didn't all drop the pounds we wanted, but the boost in self-awareness and self-esteem from being part of a ministry like this, for that's really what it was, are the most valuable things we will take away with us. At its root, my relationship with you hasn't been about weight loss. It's been about giving and receiving encouragement and kinship from someone whom I have a great deal of respect for, I will be ever thankful for the gift of you in my life, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for you as you start the next leg of your journey. So thank you for all the love and help and laughs along the way so far, and a special thank you to Mark for being part of my life through you. May the next path you walk be full of magic and marvelous memories, and may God bless you real good. I love you, Lori.
0: Oh, Cheryl, get ready for your smooch. Here it is for you. Cheryl, you have been such a steadfast support and wonderful voice and presence on this show. I just can't thank you enough for all that you do and all that you've done to make us all feel welcome and to have such great food for thought. NBC's, if you'd like more of Cheryl's food for thought, she's very, very active writing her own blog, Impromptu Promptlings on WordPress. And I will put that link on today's show notes. So feel free to go right over there and jump in because boy, oh boy, has she got a good blog audience. And I didn't want to let today's show close without giving a... Big, big thank you to all of those who have supported the show emotionally with reviews and financially with virtual coffees and Amazon purchases. And I'm thrilled to be able to go out with one last iTunes review on the U.S. And this one says, a must. And the reviewer is (laughs) Libuz... I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. But thank you, Lily... But thank you, Lil. That's what I'll call you, Lil. And she says, or he, I love the rawness and beautiful world that we are able to be part of by my listening to this podcast. Thank you, Lori, for your constant encouragement and insight. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to post that review. It really encourages me. NBCs, you know, just because I'm not putting the regular scheduled shows on anymore doesn't mean that you can't put nice reviews on iTunes, wherever you might be because my service will still send me that information once a month. So if you're in Scotland or France or Germany or in the U.S. and you feel like you'd like to put down a good review so that other people can find Compulsive Overeating Diary, please do so. I won't be on the air reading it out loud but I will appreciate it in my heart, and other BCs who are new to the show will be able to find it more easily. So here's a smooch for all of you who have left reviews for me. And speaking of supporting, here's the scoop about financially supporting the show. I have already written via the Coffee Clatch newsletter to the Coffee Clatchers who subscribe to support the show monthly, that they may wish to curtail this monthly support as the shows will be fewer and far between in future. However, if you would still like to contribute now and again to help with the cost of keeping the old show up and live, then please, I'd love it if you would buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two from time to time, and this PayPal button will stay live on the blog. Also, BCs in the U.S., U.K., or Canada the Amazon shopping links will also remain live. So if you take the time to go to Amazon through these links, you will continue to help Mark and me with the cost of keeping the old shows live, and it won't cost you a single cent more. Next up, I'm going to read for you some thoughts from old and new BCs that were posted on the blog following show 119. And these are the comments. A fairly new BC, Karen D., whom I first met privately on Facebook, bravely steps up to publicly write. Dear Lori, I will be sad to see your podcast come to an end. But at the same time, I understand because I have seen you evolve from a food-focused, weight-focused person to a life-focused person, and that is a good thing. You have inspired me with your transparency, bravery, and willingness to face unpleasant feelings. You have helped me and others more than you know. God made you beautiful, and it's great to see your love of helping others. Keep using your talents. You help me. Blessings to you. Next, we hear from our longtime listener and sometimes poster, B.C. Bryce, which you may or may not know is an acronym for our Brave Rhode Island Companion Extraordinaire. So Bryce says on one of my posts where I was lamenting my lack of last show progress, Hi, Lori. I'm sorry to hear that the heat has been getting you down. I haven't posted in a while, but I'm still listening. I really enjoy reflecting on your thoughts. Even though I'm not as active as some of the other BCs, I'm looking forward to your next show. But I don't want that to put pressure on you. I like that you said, I'll just keep moving, and when I get there, I do. I think that's true for many things. Trying to accomplish a huge task at once is overwhelming. But it's easier if you take it one step at a time. I fall into that trap, especially with getting in shape. I'll go to the gym once, and before I know it, I'm daydreaming about running a marathon. I get obsessed about working out and eating ultra-healthy for a week or two and then get disappointed that I haven't lost weight or I can't run a marathon yet. I waste so much energy being mean to myself, punishing myself for not being in as good a shape as I should be, and it's exhausting. I would be happier if I just took it one step at a time try to set a reasonable goal of going to the gym a few times a week and not thinking about the gym when I'm going to bed or waking up in the morning as those are the times I am the hardest on myself I really liked when you said a few episodes ago that one of the things you wanted to let go of was thinking about your body first thing in the morning too I agree it's much better to start the day off with a cup of coffee or tea instead of a chastising thought Next, we hear from our friend BC Happy. She's the one that has the interesting puppet-based Instagram account, and this is her comment. Dear Lori, I just want to check in and say thank you for everything you have done. Your podcast came to me at a time when I truly needed it, and following along with it has given me many, many insights, as well as support and inspiration. I want you to know that I have listened to each and every episode, sometimes catching up after being away or taking a break. And though I might not have been the most active of BCs, the podcast has meant a lot to me. I know you wish for more participation and communication, and I am sorry that it didn't quite turn out how you wanted it to. For me, I have to say the most valuable parts of the show was almost always taking part of your personal reflections— To tell you the truth, the bonus episodes were my absolute favorites. This is not to say I have not valued the support of other BCs, which I have received in generous amounts at times when I have chosen to come forward and share. Thank you especially to Stephanie and to Amy from Wisconsin. I really cherished your words of support and still keep them with me. Lori, I salute you and your decision to stop recording the show, even though it makes me and many others, I presume, sad on a personal level. I will miss your heartwarming and sincere messages. Miss the anticipation of having yet another unlistened to episode to look forward to. I guess it is time not only for you, Lori, but for all of us to move on finding our way forward, taking with us what we have learned and accomplished so far while well, rest assured that there is even greater progress and self-growth to be achieved ahead. All my love and best wishes, happy. Our beloved longtime BC Suze also comments on one of my posts where I was bemoaning my lack of last show progress. I'm actually glad the last episode is not out yet. I hate the idea of the last episode. As long as it's not out, it's not over. By the way, I'm sorry to you and all the BCs for falling off the map and for not being able to participate in the grand finale. But I'm still around and I'll still visit your blog. Well, Suze, you have participated many, many times, and I'm glad that your message made it here. So in a way, you are part of the grand finale, and I'm double glad to hear that you feel free to continue to comment on our blog, and I'll be looking forward, when you feel like it, to hearing more of your wonderful thoughts. Another longtime listener and sometimes poster, Rachel writes, Lori, sorry to see you go, but life is all about change and discovery. Sounds like it was a springboard for other things. I have certainly enjoyed your absolute honesty and identify with lots of what you say. In fact, I discovered your podcast at a time when I was struggling. I always say nothing is wasted, so everything we do, however good or bad, is a learning experience. It's a bit like letting go of the hand of a toddler learning to walk. Go forth on your journey with courage and curiosity. You are the original Brave Companion and are definitely letting go. Lots of love for the next chapter. We'll be there in spirit. Virtual hugs, Rachel, XXXX. X, X, X. Take care because I really, 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 really care. And, you know, there's always hope, BCs, that even though the regularly scheduled podcast episodes are coming to an end those old shows can still help new bcs who have yet to discover it and in case of point soon after day 119 was released i got this message in the contact form by petra hi laurie my name is petra and i'm a german living in england very impressed by your german by the way Man, that's cool. (laughs) I'm always feeling embarrassed about my German, but thanks, Petra. Anyway, back to her comment. I stumbled over your podcast a few weeks back, currently listening to Day 49, after I finally grasped that I have to tackle my compulsive overeating and not fail another round of Weight Watchers or Slimming World, which just makes me feel like a bigger failure time and time again your podcast soothes me and i feel the pressure going the fact is finally sinking in that i've got the time to address emotions and the self-inflicted pressure from instagram i already know that you don't let the scale rule your life anymore and i want that for me as well i'm starting slowly with learning to check if i'm hungry and what i'm hungry for things you've heard about a million times before but it just never sank in as I still got quite a few episodes to go, it doesn't feel like you're going away yet, but I still wish you all the best and a life lived to the full. XXXX Petra. And I wrote, Hi, Petra. Vielen Dank für die Freundlichen Wörter," which means uh, many thanks for the friendly words. I am so happy that you took the time to write me and let me know your story and that the podcast is helping you too. It made a huge change in my life, even though not much change in my size. For me, this is a great blessing. Some of the Brave Companions still follow diet and exercise programs. Some do intuitive eating and or therapy to look under their emotions. A great place for that is Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland's Win the Diet War, and I'll post that link also. I am not a client, but I'm a member of her Facebook group as a participant. So that is another good place to get emotional support. I'm writing my last show right now and plan to record it in a few days. Would you be comfortable if I read your letter on it and used your first name? I think it would make a great illustration of the point that even though I won't be scheduling and producing the series anymore, the old shows will still be of help to people in future. Also, even though the podcast will fade, the blog will continue, and I, of course, will still be around if the BCs care to write or call. Let me know what you think. And either way, I thank you so very much for reaching out. Take care, Lori. And Petra replied, Hello, Lori. Vielen Dank für die liebe email, which is many thanks for the nice email. Your podcast really does mean a lot to me, and there are so many moments I can connect to. For whatever reason, I never saw that all of this all-or-nothing behavior translated into all other aspects of my life. Listening to your voice helps calming my thoughts before they go into overdrive, if you know what I mean. Oh, man, boy, do I. (laughs) Anyway, she continues, I'm 44 and a full-time working mom of two, also wife to a wonderful husband, but life can be pretty overwhelming. I do work out a lot, actually more for the stress relief than for the calorie burn, although it's a terrifying thought how much more weight I would put on without it, especially since I stopped smoking at the end of last year. Hey, I'm going to butt in. Hey, hooray, brava. Good for you, Petra. Stopping smoking is a pain. It's hard. Good for you. Back to her comment. But I'm so sick of a number on the scale or a fatter or thinner day determining whether my day is a good or a bad one. You are a wonderful reminder that the quality of life is about how you spend it, the exploring and the appreciation. Of course, you can use my emails. We are all on a similar journey. Thank you again for sharing, and I'm looking forward to your updates. Viele liebe Grüße aus dem bewölketen England. I don't know if I said that word right, because what it means is lots of loving greetings from cloudy England and that the Bewolkten has the umlaut O, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I just don't say cloudy as much as I say beer trinken, which means beer drinking. <laughs> but here's a smooch for you, my newest BC. And I'm a little bit sad to say that Petra is the last brand new BC I'm going to be greeting on the show, at least for now, anyhow but I'm very, very happy that you wrote me and gave me permission. So this final show contains the circle of podcast life that we're all moving on, but you've just begun, and the show will live long after I stop recording it. So before we leave the jolly old podcast Bench on the jolly old dry riverbed at jolly old Descanso Garden. It's time to go to the jolly old UK and hear from our wonderful long-time friend and listener Sue from the UK.
4: Hi Laurie and all the BCs. This is Sue from the UK. I want to thank Laurie for all that she has done with this podcast. Her willingness to become vulnerable as part of her journey into tackling compulsive overeating has been inspirational. I am sad that this is stopping, but that is only for selfish reasons. But thrilled that she's able to identify what she most wants to do with her time and energy. I really would like to hear how she and all other BCs continue their journeys and live their dreams. For me, I've enjoyed taking up quilting, a new creative pursuit for me. I'm also changing my work contract so that I have more holiday and I'm currently away from home caravanning in the countryside with little phone signal. I have learnt through therapy and this group to be much better at finding out what I want to do and exploring ways to achieve this. I hope this is not goodbye to all of you, as you mean a lot to me and I really, 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 really care. Here's
0: your smooch, Sue, my dear. It's just been a pleasure to get to know you. And BCs, if you want to continue on with Sue, post here on the blog, because I'm sure she'll be stopping in. And also you can connect with Sue on Facebook to see some of her beautiful new quilts. So if you want to catch up with her and don't know how to find her on Facebook, Post on my blog or send me an email and I'll send it on to her. And as a special bravery for this show, I'm going to try and make a comment in the language of the international, at least to me as I'm from the States, B.C.'s who took the time to send their audio goodbyes in. Now Sue, being from the U.K., is international to me, and she shares mostly the same native tongue as I. But for fun, I try to write a greeting that feels more U.K. than U.S.A., so here it goes. Ha, for now, Sue, and thanks for all of the support to help me stay away from the crisps. (laughs) Well, I know I do a terrible English accent, so I'm sorry if that was offensive, but it's all in fun. And for those of you who are wondering, one of the differences between American English and English English is crisps are potato chips here. So my chips are her crisps. And her chips are my french fries. So there you go. The things you learn on Compulsive Overeating Diary. So next up, we're going to be heading over to the podcast rock at the local park. The next stop on our podcast, Blast from the Past, is the podcast rock down at my local park. Though show number one was done with me walking around this very same park, once I started doing features like Stephanie's Secret Topic of the Day and reading BC comments, I needed a place to sit. At first, Descanso Gardens filled that bill, but one day, when Descanso got way too noisy, they do a ton of filming in Descanso for TV and movies around here, I decided to explore my local park to see if I could find an alternative, and voila, the Podcast Rock was born. So to honor that tradition, we'll be doing some of our familiar features, and I hope a couple of surprises right here. First up, I couldn't say goodbye properly without featuring an interview with my friend, fellow podcaster, and fake little bro, Alan Standish. It's also appropriate I intro him from here, as all of my interviews for Alan's shows have been done by phone with me walking around this very park. I also couldn't resist leaving just a little fluff at the start and end of our quote-unquote real interview as little outtakes so you can see how much we enjoy being silly and how much fun it was for me to speak with Alan. <gasps> oh. Might have to go back to some of what we just talked about for a little outtake. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I finally hit record now, so whatever we have, it's, it's, it's okay. going down on tracks.
0: Well, VCs, on this historic occasion of our last goodbye extravaganza for compulsive over diary, I wanted to for sure bring on board one of our best friends, Alan Standish. Alan, how the heck are you?
5: <laughs> Lori, I'm doing so well. Thank you.
0: So you have some changes in your life, too, I see.
5: I know. Isn't it funny? When, when we all start changing in the podcast world, I mean, everyone's changing. So, yeah, I, I have a, a big change coming up. I have a, a new project I'm about ready to release, and it's called Inner Effort. It's actually a new a new podcast. Uh, I'm not adding any new uh, shows to the existing feed. It's a brand new show that a person would have to subscribe to. And what it is, it's just nothing more than me talking with courageous guests about the uh, about the mental hurdles of personal challenges and struggles that they've been able to overcome in their lives. It's just, hey, you know, tell me what happened and how did you push yourself through those tough moments or how do you help yourself when you're in your darkest times and, you know, how do you maintain your happiness? I've loved all the interviews that I've done, including those with you, Lori, and it's these one-on-one connection type of uh, conversations that just fill my heart. And make me happy. And I just want to share those with the world. And so that's what inner effort's all about.
0: And just to, to add to that a little bit, inner effort isn't about weight loss or even just perfectionism, right? You've broadened a bit
5: more. Exactly right. It, it, the topics, what we do is I'll talk about everything from managing your emotional states, dealing with difficult life situations, you know, situations that you're living in or you're struggling with, overcoming bad habits and addictions, uh, maintaining good habits. Uh, we'll even talk a little bit about folks when they began new careers. Uh, and then often, oftentimes I like to talk with folks about athletic events. So I have three boys and we love sports. You know, there's so much that happens in sports that mirrors life. And again, just it's basically what inner effort is to me, it's those unseen tools and tactics that people use in their own heads to push them through, right? Like I want to know what self-coaching techniques that they use to be able to deal with those different struggles, you know, mental tools and other resources that they lean on. I think a lot of these things people take for granted in their lives. And so I just want to talk to people that really use these techniques in their lives and share them with the world.
0: Ooh, that sounds awfully familiar. It sounds exactly like what I did for myself with Compulsive Overeating Diary over the last 18 months, reflecting on what was working for me and what did I need to change internally in my mind and what awareness did I need to come up with. And so that's kind of cool. We've always kind of marched in parallel there, Alan.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I know. We certainly have. And it's been... Podcasting has been a growing experience for me. It's, uh, it's made me very much aware of my own challenges in the world. You know, I like to talk openly about that, but it really uh, makes me realize how little I know about both myself and the world. And it's just been an amazing platform to reach out and learn. I'll be the first person to say, I don't know what I don't know, and I just <laughs> want to know more as much as I can.
0: So if the Brave Companions want to find your new project, Inner Effort, what is your web address for that? It's
5: it's simply that, innereffort.com. That's always good. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Kiss. Keep it super simple. And then uh, you can do a search in iTunes for Inner Effort. It should be the first show that pops up. Uh, It should be released here the very last day of July or the first couple days of August whenever iTunes accepts the feed.
0: Well, then, by the time this show goes live, it should be there. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. This is the
5: second week of August when this one goes. That's
0: right. This is sometime in the second week of August. But now, brave companions, you see, we've gone back in the way back time by the magic of podcasting. Actually, Ellen and I are speaking in July prior to his big release. So you're here with the creator of inner effort on the eve of his launch.
5: It's a busy week, by the way, this week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really happy you took time here to say goodbye to us in this format. So do you have a couple of thoughts of, of what have you thought about Compulsive Overeating Diary and the Brave Companions as you've interacted with us through this last
5: year? I guess two things. First, directed towards you. You're an amazingly courageous person to be able to openly share your feelings. I mean, to be as vulnerable as you have been in your podcast, I just, it's wow, just amazing. And and that's why the, uh, your brave companions connect so well with you, right? You say what we all feel. I mean, even guys, (laughs) It's, it's, it's truly amazing. And I guess, secondly, with that, the changes in you and you having at this point to, you know, put your show in this long hiatus, it makes perfect sense. I'm sure every other brave companion that has listened to every show that you've released can see the growth in you and, and the change both in the show and, and and even in your voice. You and I were just talking about this before mm-hmm. we hit record, just in your voice, doing voice acting and and, and where you're taking your life and, and taking control of how you allow other people into your life and so forth, it's just amazing. It makes me so proud that, you know, you, you had these struggles in your life. You're so open and honest with them on your show. And we've seen the growth in you, Lori. And it just makes me so happy to see that. And you're doing what you need to do. I... Couldn't be more proud of you, and I think you're a wonderful role model for all of us out there that are trying to make these changes in our lives. And, you know, sometimes things come to an end, and the, the, an ending means a new beginning is what it means. Just Aww. keep doing what you do.
0: Aww, thank you so much. And Brave Companions, as I said, I'm still going to be doing the blog, so you can still say hello. And there's 120, count them, 120 episodes that you can go back and listen to and be encouraged i know i go back in time and i'm like wow is i really going through that oh my goodness
5: <laughs> isn't it crazy I, I did the same thing i listen back to my old shows and I'm like wow that was a long time ago, and it's amazing that I don't think that anymore. So, yes, yes, yes.
0: Well, Alan, I have to say, of all the many wonderful benefits of doing Compulsive Overeating Diary, one of the very best was my opportunity to get to know you and to participate with you in future, too. It's just wonderful. Our relationship will continue on even past the show.
5: I absolutely agree. You've been a wonderful friend uh, both on and off the show. I love the fact that I can just reach out to you, text you anytime, and <laughs> you've just, you're have just you just an amazing person in my life, Lori. Thank you for that.
0: Okay. Would you like the chance to say so long to the brave companions? I know that they would enjoy that.
5: <laughs> well, to all you brave companions, thank you for uh, supporting Lori, and I wish you all the best of luck with whatever you're working with in your life. Thank you.
0: All right, Alan, I know you're a busy dude right now because you're just ready to launch. Oh, wait a minute. We're now into the future. Alan has successfully launched his great new (laughs) show and website, Inner Effort. So go check it out, innereffort.com. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Alan. You are a
5: hoot, your voice.
0: (laughs) That's a wrap. I'm so happy for Alan and his progress toward living his true purpose. Remember, you can find him and his brand new show at innereffort.com. Like we said in our interview, Alan and my relationship isn't over either. Podcast or no podcast. Through COD and Alan, I've made a very good friend for life. Do you remember the old saying, make new friends but keep the old? One is silver and the other is gold. That's certainly true with you and me. Some of you BCs I have gotten to know very well over the entire run of the show. Some I knew before, like Cheryl, and some I got to know in my real life as well, like BC Sandy. At the same time, in my real life, I've been taking steps to reach out a little more, to get to know people slowly and appropriately, and to find folks whom I can enjoy and be myself with. One of my best successes in this pursuit was my joining our weekly writing group. Write It Up was founded as a meetup group by super busy and super dedicated mom and budding writer, Samantha Marquis. She wanted to have one day a week where she might have some scheduled adult time away from her three young children and be dedicated purely to her writing. It's turned into a wonderful celebration of creativity for all of us members and a fountain of friendship for Mark and me. I'm thrilled and honored that four writers from our group took the time from their busy lives to come over to our home studio and record one of the stories they wrote during our group. And I'll sprinkle these throughout the rest of this show. The first story from this group comes from Peter. Hey, Brave Companions. I'm super excited that one of the original people that I met in the writing group, Peter, is here to read a story for us. And Peter, tell the Brave Companions what's your profession here in L.A.
6: I got a couple of professions. I came out here to be an actor, but, you know, that's what it is. So I work a lot of times as a a substitute teacher.
0: (laughs) That's fun. I used to be a school teacher as well. But you have been in some different shows, and you are a working actor. Though in L.A., you know, you can work all that you can and still not be only an actor. That's pretty usual.
6: Yeah, no, I've I've done some film. I've done some TV. But mostly that was back in the 80s and 90s. Um, What was the last movie I was in was The Changeling. And that was a nice little piece.
0: Well, that's... A lot more than I've been in, that's for sure. <laughs> I've done a podcast in L.A., and now I'm studying voice acting, as we discussed a little bit. But tell me, I went to the writing group in order to just see if I couldn't get my written language skills back. What drew you to the writing group?
6: First off, it was free. Um, <laughs> I'd been to a few courses. I'd, I'd taken a few courses, writing courses, uh, with, um, with some... What was it called? The Los Angeles Writers Workshop. I think they call themselves, and it's a it's a nice little bunch of people that mostly they're it's run by special or with special writers aren't special people who actually do this stuff for a living. So I was learning from people who had been to the Iowa Writers' Workshop and uh, had had and are out there selling their words.
0: Well, for whatever reason, I'm certainly glad that you are in our workshop because your stories are always fun. And to remind you, Brave Companions, when we're doing our writing, we get these four random words or situations. We have to write a story. So Peter's going to read one of his stories for you. And at the end, we'll let you know what were the prompts for it. And this story is called The Judge.
6: The wind off Lake Michigan was fierce, cold, damp. Wet things were flying through the streets, smashing into people, buildings, street signs. You name it, there was an odd thing embedded in it, caroming between cars, splintering into fragments that hurt. Blood spattered the sidewalks, spritzed window shields of cars trying to maneuver around potholes. Not real blood, don't be silly virtual blood. It was all virtual, as well it should be in the judge's chambers. (laughs) It's what he dealt with all the blooming day, virtue, or virtual arguments, or the lack of virtue. The judge sometimes cackled, sometimes growled at the game on his cell phone. Recesses were what he lived for, had lived for since his school days when they came to be escaped from all the spelling, grammar, math, teachers, and that smelly kid in the desk next to his. It was a shoplifting case he was sifting through at the courtroom, a snoozer of a case, with lawyers who were ill-suited for the profession. Some brat had walked out of a restaurant with a soda machine that had fallen on the sidewalk in front, disassembled itself. The list of witnesses seemed endless, Three cups of coffee he had inhaled before robing up for the festivities had ganged together in his kidneys and trooped into his bladder a scant 15 minutes earlier, and he had called a recess so he could get to the bathroom on time and keep from filling his diaper. That he wanted to keep on tap, so to speak, for the summations. The car he was commandeering ricocheted, fishtailed, and straightened for the final run at the Cod Monster that had come from the lake— he was about to ram it with his, with his super battle porcupine wishbone when the bailiff knocked and entered. Time to go back to the bench, your honor. His honor let fly a few choice ones in an unintelligible mumble and hoisted his 300 plus pounds from the chair. He set the cell phone on his desk, gave it a gentle pat, farted loudly. And trailing a green cloud, entered the courtroom.
0: That was funny. I had a hard time not to laugh when the judge was letting out the farts. (laughs) (laughs) So, Peter, let the brave companions know what were the prompts that created this story.
6: Well, they give us a. We had to take a place first. It was Lake Michigan, a judge, a cell phone. And getting to the bathroom on time.
0: (laughs) Well, well done. Thank you so much for coming over and reading that story for us. Thank you very
6: much, Lori, for having me do this.
0: You're welcome. And just as a note, when Peter comes in, he goes, wow, it's like being in a sound booth. And you've been in a sound booth, right?
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah, most of them are much, much smaller than this. But this is a beautiful place.
0: Yep. This is my deluxe home studio. Yeah, really. See? Actor verified.
6: Excellent for
0: sure wasn't that cool I love Peter's writing and as he mentioned he was directed by Clint Eastwood in the film The Changeling which I believe is available right now on Netflix he's the cook in the diner scene he's also done several TV shows and other projects Peter is humble funny and an absolute joy to know thanks Peter so much for sharing your creativity with us today Speaking of friends old and new, this next BC is surely gold for me. Stephanie from Quebec has been a longtime listener, supporter, and even sent me flowers to celebrate Day 100. She is most known for one of my favorite features, Stephanie's secret topic of the day, and that's what's coming up next. You'll hear Mark intro the feature, then you and I will hear Stephanie's question for the very first time together. I will answer on the fly and hope to make sense of it. Trivia. This was the first announcer spot Mark and I worked on for Compulsive Overeating Diary. Okay, Mark, Kenny, take it away with Stephanie's secret topic of the day.
1: In a world where robot aliens beam down to silence truth with sneaky weapons.
7: The human has been neutralized.
1: Lori and her ragtag band of brave companions seek training to overcome robot alien stealth attack. A new voice of hope shines bright in the zen place. Introducing... Stephanie's secret topic of the day.
8: Bonjour, Laurie. Bonjour, les braves compagnons. This is Stephanie calling from Quebec. So, Laurie, this is probably our last uh, secret topic together. I've been thinking about all the progress that you've made in the last, uh, you know, over a year, obviously. Um, and, And I guess... Although I'm I'm sad to I'm sad that the podcast is coming to an end, I must say that um I'm happy for you because it seems like you're you're closing it because you're doing well, you're doing good and you've been consistently doing good and I guess I guess that's a good reason to put an end to the podcast podcast, right? So um Obviously, you were a big part of my life and a big part of my journey, and um, specifically relating to my weight loss journey and um, i guess I guess this is a milestone, right? So I wanted to know about milestones for you. Um, if you could define you know in your life in 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 a couple of milestones. You know, maybe three, four, five, six milestones, uh, what would they be? And um, what do you hope is your next milestone? So Lori, until next time, I really, really love you. Bye.
0: Oh my goodness, Stephanie. This one is really tough to do right off the top of my head. This was, you saved the biggest <laughs> challenge for last. Milestones. Well, what makes us a little bit tough is that I have some milestones that I don't choose to share publicly, okay, so that makes it a little bit tough, but I'll tell you that one of my first milestones was that I moved out of my house the day I was 18. That's right, I was a headstrong teenager and I felt like enough is enough. I just know what's best for me, and so out the house I go. And I'll tell you, I struggled financially in a terrible way. But I was oh so stubborn that I kept to that and put myself through school. And that was pretty, pretty darn challenging because, you know, I was such a wild teenager that I really hadn't paid attention. I never even took the SATs. Shh how did you get out of university if you didn't take the SATs, Lori? Well I tell you, I worked and worked and went to community college and got my associate's degree, and that's where I also studied drama very extensively for three years. But at the same time I got my associate's degree. And when you have an associate's degree, at least at that time, you could transfer into a college or university. And so I took my my associate's degree and I transferred into the University of Puget Sound where I graduated in elementary education so the first milestone that shaped who I am is this stubborn independent probably not the best decision that I made to become my own person on the day I turned 18 months and months before I actually graduated from high school so as you can guess I had some adventures there that were good and bad but it definitely shaped my independent attitude and also my feeling of never give up no matter how challenging just keep going because I had no choice (laughs) I had to just keep going and I think the second milestone I've alluded to is when I was in community college and I was studying drama very very extensively Many of my friends and fellow drama students went on to conservatories in New York City or went to L.A. and got agents and became working in the film industry or, you know, pursued their dreams in acting. But I felt, quote, unquote, not good enough to do that. And I also felt too concerned about my body being in my very early 20s and having the body type that I do. I felt that I wasn't what Hollywood wanted. And so I made that choice, I think, for the first time, to turn from what I love, the acting, the writing, the performing, the the storytelling, to turn from what I love and go to what was practical. And at that time, the economy was super bad. It was tough to get out of college, but I did it. I worked full time and went to school full time, and I got out of university and became a school teacher. So that shaped myself also in that I decided to choose what was practical, what would help me survive rather than my creative self. But I also took that creative self with me into my career as a school teacher. So I put on plays with kids, I taught kids how to write, that turned into Tunicat, my website for kids where I encourage creativity for kids because I've always had that spark in me that creativity is a wonderful thing. It's always been part of me, But I did take that step, move on. Now, my next milestone, I don't choose to talk about in public, but it was part of the reasons why when I was, I think, 31, I moved to California. Now, when I moved to California, again, this probably wasn't the best decision because I moved here with no money, no job, and no place to live. (laughs) i kind of did the couch surfing thing and just trusted that i would get a job and even in those days to live in california was very much more expensive than living in washington and remember even though i was a certified school teacher in washington state i was not certified as a school teacher in california but that was a watershed decision where i felt like you know I would be more happy and closer to what I want to be, to be closer to who I am if I go to California. And so I left everything and I went to California, like an idiot, (laughs) you know? I often say now, it's a good thing I didn't know how tough it would be for me to do that because never in a million years would I do that again, nor would I recommend that. But you know, it all turned out, I got a job as a technical writer and moved on with my technology and Tunicat and learned enough technology stuff to continue on kind of in that technological realm and, and support myself. In the meantime, I met a lot of people and after some years got married to Mark. So that was also, of course, a milestone. You know, I'm not going to include all of the times that I lost weight. But I will say when I lost 130 pounds at Weight Watchers the second time, wore my tiara and said to myself, I did it. I accomplished the impossible. I got thin. That really was a milestone. And the reason why it was so important isn't the reason I thought, it wasn't like, hey, I'm thin, now it's good. It was it taught me that being thin was not the be-all, end-all that I had assumed my entire life. Because, as I've shared before, I kept that weight off for a couple of years. So I was normal size. I was like a size 8 Six dress, eight pants, and I was normal sized. But my life did not change functionally except for I could sit in those gosh darn chairs. Yes, I love to be able to sit in the chairs. Oh, I miss that, I will say. But all of the other things I thought that would happen, like me being more able to communicate and get along with people and understand people and understand myself and, you know, understand the world none of that really happened for me from being thin it it just didn't but without having done that it took me the two years to lose the 130 pounds you know I really had to stick to it even though that included some exercise bulimia there to get the job done I had to stick to it I never gave up and I did get thin and I guess in a way that was good because it proved to me that if that was really, really my aim, to get thin by a hook or by a crook, it was possible. But as I said, it also proved to me that having a thin body, while very, very convenient, is also pretty darn cold. I was freezing all the time, and it doesn't solve life's problems. But that was a very meaningful milestone for me. Then, of course, as I've alluded to my bicycle accident that momentary whatever happened that changed my face changed my thinking changed my mind changed everything about my mental self and in some way my physical self completely made me take a turn this was again not something I'd chosen not something I'd recommend I had to give up a well-paying job that I was comfortable at, even though it didn't thrill me. It was, again, one of those I'm going to survive choices to take that job in corporate America rather than, oh, I love this job choice. So I had no choice anymore (laughs) once I retired from corporate America after that bike accident to say, who am I? Because I'm surely not a worker anymore. I could still obsess, and I did, as I've shared many times, with how fat I was or thin I was. And I I use, you know, dieting as a way to provide structure to my life because that's something that's easy for me to do. You know, you want to be something, go on a diet, and, you know, be someone who doesn't eat grain or be someone who doesn't eat meat or be someone who only eats 1,500 calories. You know, a dieter is something that's very, very easy for me to be, and I can measure success by the scale, and I can feel good or bad. And feel like I'm a person on a track to somewhere. But as I've shared through all of these episodes, that didn't really make me happy as a person. My podcasting did make me happy. Daily Adventure Tales—that was that was a big deal for me. There I was telling stories, and I loved that. And I'm still wishing. So I know not all of you compulsive overeating diary BCs have gone to DailyAdventureTales.com and listened to Daily Adventure Tales, but I wish you would. I wish you would go there and listen to some of the fun that Mark and I had, especially shows like Pirate Mark or a Halloween special. Or, you know, some of those shows were really, really fun. I think the favorite one of Cheryl was when I went to the farmer's market and interviewed some people there and listened to some musicians. The Daily Adventure Tales was a revelation. And remember, I still had my stutter, and I was taking this Roland recorder with me everywhere just so I could interview whoever I might meet. So how scary was that? That taught me not to be scared, to ask for what you want, because for every interview I got on Daily Adventure Tales, there were several I did not get, and it didn't matter. Those ones that said no didn't matter. The ones that mattered were the ones that said yes. And the more I asked, the more yeses I got. So that taught me a very important lesson. And then, of course, last but not least, was all of the wonders of doing Compulsive Overeating Diary. What an amazing journey this has been. As you know, I started to stay on another diet, and I ended up creating the life of my dreams. Though I'm the first to admit I don't fit in chairs very much more easily, and my size has not gotten very much smaller, but my life has gotten so much bigger My worldview, my goodness, look at all of you international BCs. How would I have known you without compulsive overeating diary? How would I know that all of the people across the world feel like me many different ways, whether they look outwardly very thin and fit, or they, like me, have a few extra fluffy pounds to carry around with them? How would I have known that what I thought was so strange and so bad and so flawed was just me experiencing life in the way that many, 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 many other people, the Brave Companions, also experienced life. And me trying to demonstrate bravery for you and me being brave for myself is how I took the step to go to the writing group, to take singing lessons, and to study voice acting. So I guess my next milestone will be when I can do a bonus episode for you and say, Hey, BCs, guess what? I got my first paying gig as a voice actor. That will thrill me beyond measure. Not that I made money as a voice actor, but because I did it. Because I went back to that first milestone of, or my second milestone of college, where I made the choice away from what I love to what pays money. To this choice I'm making now to pursue for real something I love, voice acting, and just maybe the universe will reward me with money (laughs) Well, I'm doing something that I actually love. And if that happens, that will prove to me that life can be wonderful. I shouldn't be so pessimistic. And it's all in the process, my friends. It's all in trying. It's all in the moments that we live. It's not necessarily the milestones. The milestones are something that you you do like you asked me to, Stephanie. You use milestones to remember. But it's how you get there is what makes up your life. So you have all been part of this journey. And I so have enjoyed getting to this particular milestone. And I thank you all. Mwah. Well, all good things come to an end. And though Stephanie won't be sending me secret topics any longer, she did send her goodbye wishes.
8: Hey, Lori. So um, I took a lot of time to listen to 119. I guess um, I'm slowly... Letting the podcast go myself, um, I wanted to find the right words to say how thankful I am. I'm, I'm really thankful because you were very, very intimate with us and um, you documented your journey and, and, and you created great content, because it's one thing to have content, but to have insight like you had, uh, during your podcast, I think that's very, that's, you know, that's a very, very big contribution you made to you, that you made around this subject, you know, um, binge eating, compulsive eating. Um, those are, you know, I think those are dark subjects that are, you know, yet to be discovered and understood. And I think you, you made a huge contribution to understand what that concept is and to normalize I I wouldn't say normalize but to make us feel a little more normal so thank you for creating that and thank you for creating a community and uh, a lot of lot of food for thought and uh, I'm I'm happy I'm happy you're going to let the content in because I think I, I really think it's a great contribution so and I'm happy I've, I knew you, I know you, while you're doing the podcast. I, I feel very privileged to uh, have assisted in the making of uh, a Compulsive Overeating Diary. And um, obviously, I'm happy uh, I know you, and uh, I'm sad the diary is going to, well, the podcast is going to be done. But um, I, th- I think he showed great great interest in this subject. I think you persevered. I think 120 episodes is is a lot, a lot, a lot of content, a lot of work. I can see the work that you've invested in this, and um, it's okay if it comes to an end, because, you know, um, obviously we're always moving around the same problems. It's always, you know, life is, is a routine, so you, you... things come and go, and... Um, Yeah, I guess I'm out of words. I I just, I have so many things I want to say. I'm I'm going to stop here and just say thank you and have a great journey wherever that brings you. Love you. Bye. And in the
0: spirit of my bravely trying to say something in the language of my quote-unquote international BCs, here is my sincere attempt at French. Au revoir, mon ami. Je vous manquerai. Which means if I pronounced it at all, goodbye, my friend. I miss you. But like all of the relationships I built over the show, mine with Stephanie will continue. And if you'd like to keep up with Stephanie, too, post here on the blog or check out her hilarious IG account, weightloss__steph. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Smooch for you, mon ami. Mm -mm. Well, the second story from the writing group comes from Jake. He's one of our newer members, but already we look forward to hearing his writing. I think you'll really enjoy this one. Hey, Brave Companions. Next up, Jake is going to read a story for us. And I asked Jake to come because he's one of the newer members of our writing group, but he's one of the very best writers. Jake, how did you decide to come to the writing group?
9: I was looking for an outlet to get me writing more often. I found myself writing on weekends when I had time to myself and could have all conditions exactly just so, and I could get up at whatever time, and I could have coffee, and I could do all these things, but... Meantime, I was only writing two days a week. And so I thought if I put something on the calendar and I find a group I connect with, I'll have a commitment. And whether that's I break some story ideas that I can then work on in greater detail when I have more free time or um, simply that I wrote the one-off story and that's all that I did with it, it would be better than going through all the work week and not finding the energy to otherwise write at
2: all.
0: I think that's awesome. That's a theme we talk about a lot here, about using your precious time and energy towards your passion versus the easy, let me just sit on the sofa and watch. For me, I'm a guilty watcher of Survivor reruns. (laughs) (laughs) Could there be a worse waste of time than Survivor reruns? No, cold turkey. So how have you found the group? Have you enjoyed it, your time with us?
9: Yeah, absolutely. It's been great for me. Um, I have enjoyed all the other writers and their stories and hearing different styles of writing, and so many of the writers are funny writers, and I didn't tend to think of myself as a funny writer, so that's nice to be exposed to that. And I've liked most of what I've written, too, so there's a lot of um, gratification in, you know, even when you aren't routine about it otherwise okay, I've still got something here, or I'm able to tell a story still. So it's been absolutely super rewarding.
0: Speaking of rewarding BCs, I am proud now to introduce our next story, The Birch Bat by Jake Terrell.
9: The man took his son into the forest and told the boy to pick a tree. The boy picked a birch. It was slender, smooth and white, gray at its creases and knobby parts. It looked like winter. That's fine, the man said. He felled it with an ax. The boy stood back and watched, amazed at his father's strength. Someday, he thought, I'll have that ax and I'll have the forest too. He watched the man closely so he'd know how to swing the ax when his time came. The tree became a number of things. A bench in their garage that they sat on to put on their boots before they went out. His mother put some of the smaller branches in a pot in a corner of their dining room, and he got a baseball bat. He didn't play baseball, but his father had, and so he was expected to. His father had been good, really good, his mother said. Almost played professionally, but he got hurt. And growing up, he'd played with a bat that his father had made for him. So this bat, this birch bat, was really something. The boy knew that. He worshipped the bat. Summer came... The boy signed up to play, and he took his birch bat. And a funny thing happened. He didn't like baseball. He stood in right field, bored, but mindful of looking invested so his father wouldn't think he was bored. At the end of the summer, he told the man, his father, that he couldn't wait for next year. This happened year after year. He played baseball, didn't enjoy it. He got better at it, but still didn't like it. He outgrew the birch bat, but kept it perched on a wall in his bedroom. It was a totem, an artifact, a link to his father and to his father's father before him. He hated that bat. He was offered a scholarship to play baseball at a college four states away. He declined it. The man, his father, said, I don't understand you. It was difficult after that. The boy resented the man for a long time. It went on this way, and then it got a little better which really just meant they learned how to be polite. They hardly spoke when his mother died. And after that, they spoke even less. Years went by and the boy never visited the home he grew up in, but when the man died, the boy inherited the property. When he finally got around to visiting the place to determine its fitness for living or selling, he found it had changed little. He walked the grounds and out to the woods that sat at the edge of the property. He walked into them until he found himself in roughly the same spot where his father had felled that birch tree so many years ago. He'd come there to get angry, he then realized, to cry out or scream or something, but none of that came. Instead, he stood stone quiet, remembering something he'd long forgotten, remembering how he'd felt about the man the day he told him to pick out a tree.
0: Thank you so much, Jake, for that touching story. You know, I really enjoyed how you showed in your theme with the bat how we can kind of get locked into something that we don't really want to do, but we get so good at it that it's hard to let it go. That was really cool. Speaking of that, now, Brave Companions, you know that we write these stories from these random words and situations that we get as our prompt. Jake, what prompts did you have that created this story that week?
9: I'd gotten forest, mermaid, which I clearly was incapable of working into the story, baseball bat, and you've forgotten something important.
0: Well, you got three out of four. And, you know, when I'm in that situation, what happens is at the last sentence, I'd say something like, oh, and they walked by the picture of the mermaid. (laughs) Or look, a Newsweek has an article all about mermaids. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks again so much for coming and sharing your story with us today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. story the themes of being true to yourself with the conflicting desire to please others ring so true to me and i'm amazed that jake wrote that one in less than one hour longhand after getting the random crazy prompts we do but that's how all of the stories you've been hearing have been done amazing Speaking of amazing, awesome, hoppity-zippity funness and great spirit all rolled into one fantastic, deliciously wonderful gal, we cannot leave the podcast rock without hearing from Donnie as the queen of all foolish fun. One last time.
1: Lori presents (laughs) Foolish Fun. (laughs) (laughs) The feature where Messing Up (laughs) is is just part of the act.
10: (laughs) Hi Lori and fellow Brave Companions. I wanted to use SpeakPipe because Lori taught me the new adventures of communication. But I had a couple little Giggly kind of quotes, fun ways to say goodbye. One of my favorites is by the beloved Dr. Seuss. It says, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And believe me, brave companions, I'm smiling. Another is from my dearest Winnie the Pooh. Promise you'll never forget me because if I thought you would, I'd never leave. I probably won't ever leave anyways, but I really like that one. And then... This quote is by Richard Bach, and I'm not really sure who that is, but somebody might know. A farewell is necessary before you can meet again, and meeting again after moments or lifetimes is certain for those who are friends. And I consider you, Lori, and the other brave companions my dear friends, and I know we'll meet up again, maybe through this podcast, maybe somewhere else. We all keep in touch some kind of way on Facebook. I have no regrets of Lori's decision. I will miss the podcast, and I'll miss Lori. But, you know, new things, new adventures, new days, new focus. It's wonderful, and I'm super uber excited for Lori and the realization and being able to accept that. You have to take a different journey in your life now, and I'm just thankful for the path that I got to walk with you.
1: You love to be foolish too. <laughs> Call the Bravery Hotline and get your silly Donny,
0: Donnie, 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 I loved your take on saying goodbye. It was so so you here's your zippity delicious smooch just for you my friend mm-hmm. and to keep up with Donnie post here or she can always be found having adventures all the time on Facebook well BC's this ends our time at the podcast rock but stay tuned for more extra special features and goodbyes from our last stop my trusty next to upper zen place Well here we are once again at my favorite podcasting spot, the bench at Next to Upper Zen Place in the San Gabriel Mountains at Duke Majin Wilderness Park. It's almost to the top of the center trail, it's usually shady this time of day, and is not quite as popular of a hiking resting place as the Upper Zen Place at Trail's End, which means I usually have a better chance of getting the show recorded without stopping to chat to other hikers. It's bittersweet to be recording the segments here today, as this is the last step of the last show of the regular Compulsive Overeating Diary series. But as I look about me at the majesty that's inspired me here, I feel only gratitude and awe. What a privilege to live so near a handy mountain trail. How wonderful to have so many scenic places to stack prayer rocks. How lovely to feel at one with the world and the universe. This is truly the spot where I feel most at peace. I love the birds and the landscape, the shifting colors during the seasons and the time of day. It's all so familiar and yet ever-changing, just like we are, BCs, just like we are. For example, I've been hiking the same trail for the entire run of the show. But when I first hiked up the mountain in the early episodes, it took me much longer to get up here. I would also have to take several moments to catch my breath so that I would have enough breath to record. Today, I easily made the trek and my breathing was almost steady enough to go live without any rest. But I did take a moment just to take it all in. And in case you were wondering, the show opening and the Letting Go segments were the first things I recorded here today. The features and fun we've already listened to from Descanso Gardens and my local park podcast, Rock, were recorded on different days earlier in the week. Today is really, 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 really it. I found it hard to organize and write this last show. I had such an abundance of riches from you all. I also, as BC Dave has written, needed to grieve the show in order to really let it go. Then I hit on the idea of recording on three different days in three different spots, and the feeling for which features went where came to me easily, naturally, and I knew it was finally time to move on. While we enjoy our Zen time here today, let's listen to our third story from Samantha, the founder of the writing group Mark and I attend. Her story is all about what we do for our heart's desire. BCs, I'm delighted to tell you that we have with us the founder of our writing group, Samantha Marquis. So, Samantha, we know that you started the writing group so that you could have some adult time to write every week. How's that turned out for you?
11: It's been great. I, I've had the opportunity to get out and speak with other adults and be with other writers, and my writing has improved tremendously over the last year, but mostly I've got so much material for other projects because it's such a creative environment. It's been wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. You're really good. You come
0: home and actually type your stories, because I've told them, i told the Brave Companions, that we actually write longhand in our notebooks with lots of arrows and crossing outs and so forth. But you go home and, and put your writing in the computer and actually keep your writing. I do. And you have quite the number. How many stories do you have? I believe I have 54 stories that
11: I've written at Write It Up Now.
0: Wow, 54, NBC's you're in for a treat because now you're going to hear one of the very best, one of the favorites that I've ever heard Samantha write and she's done a lot of good ones. And this one's called The Collector.
11: Dear mom and dad, if you're reading this, then I may be dead or I might just be lost or maybe I hit my head and forgot who I was. Anyway, don't freak out, I'm sure I'm fine. But since this note is on my bed and you aren't allowed in my room, which we talked about at last week's family meeting, I just want you to know that I understand that you only came into my room out of concern for my well-being, and I forgive you. I know you don't understand my collecting, but I found what may be the most important piece of my collection. I just can't take the chance that another collector will beat me to it. Remember how I said don't freak out? This is what I meant. I'm going to an underground collector's event at an abandoned warehouse down by the docks. Daddy, if you're reading this, please tell mom there's a paper bag on my dresser under the piggy bank for her to breathe into before she passes out. Mom, if you're reading this, please don't tell daddy about that thing that happened with Joey Marks after the football game. Even in death, there are some things daddy shouldn't know. I love you both. X O X O, Susie. P.S. Oh, I'm going to the warehouse by the dock with the tugboat parked by it. Love you. Bye. That was the note I left for my parents. They're always talking about me being responsible. So I thought that if something went wrong and I disappeared, at least they know where I went and I got to say goodbye. Not that I thought anything would. What could go wrong? I'm 16, five foot one, and I have long blonde hair. I drove my toy car, my VW Bug, to the warehouse district by myself to procure a piece for my collection. I followed the GPS on my phone all the way to the warehouse, but I parked my little pink bug a block away so it wouldn't be conspicuous. I tucked my keys into my pocket, pressing the lock button on my fob. It gave a very bug-like chirp. I pulled the hood of my purple sweatshirt over my head, squared my shoulders, and tried to look tough as I walked toward the warehouse on the corner. I stepped up to the door and rapped on it three times. As I kissed my red knuckles, the door swung open. I shoved my hand in my pocket and nodded seriously to the man standing in the doorway as I stepped inside. I walked past him with purpose, jumping slightly as the door slammed shut behind me, and the lock was shifted into place. I shuffled my feet as he walked toward me. This way, he said, brushing past me and turning left down a corridor. I followed a few steps behind him, trying to commit each turn to memory. Finally, he stepped aside and opened a large blue door. I stepped through and had to bite my lip to keep from crying out. There it was, right in front of me, one of a kind and all mine. I strolled toward it, then began to examine the items one shelf over. After I looked them over carefully, I casually stepped closer to my prize. Oh, this is interesting, I said, picking it up and examining it. One of a kind, came a voice behind me. I spun, almost dropping it, and faced my adversary. He stood three inches taller than me. His sweatshirt barely covered his round and protruding stomach. The Superman emblem on his sweatshirt stretched until the S was as wide as it was tall. I shrugged, placing it back on the shelf carefully. It's kind of okay, I said. How much do you want for it? One-twenty, he said. One-twenty, I laughed. He scowled. What's so funny? Nothing, I just thought it was kind of girly. What did you come here for, he demanded darkly. Who invited you? I'm sorry, I said, I didn't mean to insult you. Tony said you had some good stuff. Take a look around, girly, he said, glaring at me. You won't find these goods at your local shops. I held up my hands. I'm sorry, you do have some good stuff, I said, indicating the displays around me. Look, I'll give you 75 for it, no hard feelings. 75? I'm not taking less than 100. I stepped away from it as if I were leaving, then stopped. I looked back at my prize. I tapped my nail against the metal, listening to its musical sound. I gave a deep sigh. (sighs) Okay, you've got a deal. I handed him a hundred dollar bill and tried not to skip to the warehouse door. I went through the blue door and jumped up and down in merriment as soon as it closed behind me. I was trying to find my way back to the main entrance when I heard the sirens. This is the police, came a booming voice. Come out with your hands up. I turned the corner and there was the exit. I burst through the door with my hands and my prize in the air. Susie! My mom and dad appeared and threw their arms around me. What are you doing here, I asked. We got your note, my mother said. What are you doing here, my dad demanded. I held up my prize proudly. Are you trying to tell me that you came to an abandoned warehouse in this dangerous part of town for a Supergirl lunchbox, my mother shrieked. Of course, and I got it for half price, I announced proudly. Oh my goodness, I so
0: enjoyed that story and one of my favorite bits is when Susie says, Oh, what could happen? I'm five foot one and sixteen and blonde. Like blonde is her
11: superpower. She watches too much Buffy, I think. Oh, I think so too.
0: You know, normally we just pass around some post-its and write our four items on it to build the prompts, but we had a little bit different experience the night that you wrote this.
11: Could you tell the brave companions about that? I can. Uh, that night we met for Chinese food, and we decided that we would use our fortunes from our fortune cookies and incorporate it into our prompts for the evening. So my prompts for the evening were an abandoned warehouse, Supergirl, toy car, and my fortune was stop searching forever. Happiness is just next to you. <laughs> Your happiness was next to you in the form of a lunchbox. It
0: really was, and
11: everybody's happiness is a little different.
0: Well, my happiness is that you came over and recorded your story for us here today. Thank you so
11: much, Samantha. Thank you for having me. This was a treat.
0: Wasn't that fun? I still crack up about a 16-year-old heading off to find her collectible lunchbox without thinking at all of the danger and writing a note to her parents. It so reminds me of my wild, wild youth. That passion, that focus, and the feeling that everything is possible and that everything will be okay. That's the feeling I'm trying to remember in my life now. I'm celebrating bravery and not focusing as much on the sensible. Don't get me wrong there is definitely a time and place for sensible, but somehow we need to celebrate and nurture our inner creativity. I believe that whether we are drawn to art, writing, cooking, quilting, gardening, voice work like I am, or any other pursuit that adds something from our hearts into the world, that we are in that creative place partaking of the divine and Creativity is so much more satisfying than chips or cheese or endless bites of Oreos. Speaking of being creative and the unexpected places that can take us, listen to BC Dave's creative take on saying goodbye via the bravery hotline.
7: Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. This is BC Dave, also known as Dave Glowen. And I just want to give my full hearted congratulations to Lori. She has accomplished her goal with this podcast. She has managed to get her uh, compulsive eating under control. She has defeated the alien robots. And that is very exciting because she is such an awesome example for the rest of us. And. Though I am going to miss the podcast, I know that all I have to do is listen to them over and over, and I uh, can eventually defeat the robot aliens myself. So thank you to all the BCs who have been so loving and friendly on the the hotline, as well as on all the postings. I thank you for Mark, for all his... Upgrades to the podcast that make it so wonderful to listen to. And I also thank him for his support. And uh, I wish and bless and pray for all of you to have the same kind of success Lori had. Don't give up because she succeeded. Just listen to her old podcast and you can do it too. We love you all. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much, Dave, for your good wishes and the positive view you have of my success. And Mark sends his thanks, too. Here's a big robot alien defeating smooch from us to you and Kathy. Mm-mwah. One reason I played BC Dave's Goodbye right here is because I'm thrilled to bits to play for you a very special edition of Lori's Stories, written by BC Dave Glowin'. I asked his permission to share his story in my voiceover class. My director and coach, David Babich, liked it and agreed to direct B.C. Dave's story for this show featuring performances by professional and student voice actors. I think when you hear this wonderful tale about believing in yourself, no matter how many dang robot aliens come to visit, you will agree with me that Dave Glowen's creativity is awesome and we had so much fun putting this together. From the original small creative thought in BC Dave's mind to his bravery at letting me share his story with my class, to David Babbage and the voice actor's generosity as sharing their talent, this project has proved that all things are possible and adventures can be unexpected.
12: Hello and welcome.
1: Sit down, relax, and get ready to listen. It's time for Lori's Stories, where brave companions share what they've been writing.
0: Dave vs. the Robot Aliens by Dave Glowen, directed by David Babbitt.
12: Someone knocking at my door. Do I dare open it? Deep down, I know who it is. I can't resist. I slowly open the door.
13: Hello, sir. We are from the planet up church of You Must Be Perfect.
12: Sorry, not interested. Ah, it's those damn robot aliens recognize them it's ra1 your work will never be good enough to share ra2 if it's not perfect the world must not be allowed to see it oh great it's ra3 hiding behind them everybody's going to make fun of your art david who are you to think you're good enough at anything to actually share it there are too many mistakes it's not ready to share and never will be the world is going to laugh at you look at Hold up. Not today. My wife loves me no matter how imperfect I am. Lori and the BCs will support me through the process no matter how imperfect I am. Alan Standish taught me how to give myself permission to not be perfect. Now, get out of my house. Get out of my mind. And get out of my heart. There's no room for you anymore. Do not attempt to resist. The dark side is stronger. It is the truth, the way, and it will eventually lead to the demise of all sad and pathetic life. Look at how many times you have tried and failed. What makes you think this will be any different? Maybe you're right. Look at me. I am a failure.
0: You see, it makes sense. Give up now. Save yourself the shame and humiliation.
12: But then I remember the words of wisdom from Lori Weaver in the BCs.
0: You just want an experience, without having to be good, or add to your joy, or increase skill or anything like that. And process wise, not perfect wise, my friend.
12: Hey, you know what? 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 I'm in this for the joy of being creative. I'm not in this to be compared to anybody else. I know I'm far from perfect, but guess what? I have a job where my boss and coworkers respect me. I have a wonderful marriage. And everybody loves my cooking. So, back the F up and get out now. But what about your health? I, I know I'm not healthy, but getting rid of you, all of you, is the beginning of that process. And I'm making progress. Progress, not perfection. I am in the process of healing my mind and heart and loving myself. And I am in the process of learning to share my inner muse.
13: Retreat! 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 retreat. This one has found the light of hope. Drat those darn meddling brave companions in Standish.
12: The mental door slams shut, and life progresses with another victory in the battle for the hearts and minds of men and women.
13: Dave was played by Taylor Watkins, Robot Alien Number One by David Babbage, Robot Alien Number Two, Ray Holdridge, Robot Alien Number Three, Valerie Alvarez, and as herself, Lori Weaver.
1: Writers and storytellers, if you'd like to share your story, just call the Prairie Headlines. You speak pipe or email Lori your story to be read on the air. Just mention this is for Lori's stories and she'll do the rest.
0: You are now officially a produced podcast story writer whose words were performed at the professional level. Isn't that exciting? And BC's, you might be wondering why I left the ending on Lori's stories about you sending in your work. And that's because, like I said before, if you'd like to send me your writing or audio of you reading your stories for me to spice up with my sound effects and editing skills, that's just the kind of thing that will tempt me to put out a special episode. I'm all about creativity and I will take every chance I can to encourage it and participate in it myself. BC's is just another example of how our relationship isn't over. It's just morphing into new areas. And I'm super excited to share part of my own future with you right now. My voice acting coach, David Babbage, agreed to let me record part of one of our actual coaching sessions where we are working on getting me the skill I need to make my professional demo and, even more importantly, to have the professional chops to back it up in case I'm hired from it. So please listen in while I'm learning in the sound booth and you'll get a great idea of what my life is like these days. B.C.'s, I sure hope you enjoyed hearing B.C. Dave's writing being performed by professional and student voice actors. And a big thank you to director David Babbage. And speaking of directing, I'm in the sound booth this very moment working on my voice acting skill and my commercial demo with David.
13: Well, hey, Lori, um, And hey, great cameo in the Dave and Robot Aliens. That was awesome.
0: Yay! <laughs> I did good, BCs. Yay! <laughs> David, what kinds of things are you looking for as you direct me here in the booth today?
13: Well, I'm looking for in in the spot we're working on right now, I'm going to be looking for clarity and the type of diction that works for this particular announcer. In general, of course, we're looking for being believable and sounding like you're not just a voice actor in a vocal booth standing in front of a microphone. In fact, one thing that I, you may have heard me say to you before is, where are you? Not in a vocal booth. You could be somewhere else. You could be in a hallway. You could be in a hospital bedroom talking to someone that you're giving care to.
0: Yep. And in this one, BCs, I'm going to be a nurse at Terence Memorial Hospital who is communicating why our hospital is a great place to receive care.
13: Excellent. So... um Let's go for it. And if you want to do the improv first that we did before, we can, or we can just go right into the uh, the diction. I wonder, should we just see where it's at right now? Sure, why it's not? Flat out? Okay, great. Yep. So, uh, and action.
0: At Terence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old fashioned for your doctors to know you by name, for nurses to check in on you just because they care. At Terrence Memorial, we have all of the advanced technology, facilities, and expertise you would expect in one of America's top 100 hospitals. But when it comes to care, we are proud to be old-fashioned.
13: Great. So overall, in terms of the pacing, it's pretty good. You started to speed up a little bit at the second half of the spot. Mm -hmm. At Terrence Memorial, we have all the advanced technology. Not as fast as I just did. But So in terms of pacing, that's something we'll want to work on in the next take. The main thing that happened on this one is that you fell into a little bit of an idea of how it might go. A little bit of a persona that wasn't quite connected to yourself enough is what happened on this one. So I want to kind of unravel that and just come from the point of view that you that it's you. It's simply you. You work in this in this hospital. So on this next take, you may may not quite have the formality that you just did. You may not know how it comes out, actually, in fact. So why don't you just do the first line um, up through doctors to know you by name, even though there's a comma there. Otherwise, it's an extremely long sentence. So can you Say that to me, and maybe there's something else you'll be thinking of from your own life that's not a hospital, but some other situation where you felt like you're taking care of people. Okay? Okay. Whenever you're ready, just that first line in this is sort of an exercise. It's just just you. Whenever you're ready.
0: At Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name.
13: Nice. That was much more real. Now we'll just add a little bit of structuring into it. Take a little pause after at Terrence Memorial Hospital. And don't do much more than that, actually. Whenever you're ready.
0: At Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name. Great.
13: Now just increase the diction just a little bit, especially on the on, at Terrence Memorial Hospital. But you're going to stay from this nice, organic, personal place whenever you're ready.
0: At Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name.
13: Great, now, now what happened on a pretty subtle level is that you got clear with those first three words, but you also got more, you started to add that persona a little mm. bit, a little bit beyond yourself. So it would be the difference between at Terence Memorial Hospital, I'm clear and pretty much myself, as opposed to at Terence Memorial Hospital. I sort of added a whole thing, didn't I? Sometimes you hear that, sometimes that can work, but for now we need to get you a little more organic first. Okay, same thing one more time.
0: Let me put a few words on cuz I'm all freaked out now about my first breath.
13: So you're going to add a little uh, I want to put a few alidin? words so that
0: I'm not breathing I like it. right before ad.
13: <laughs> a lead-in is always great for this. Okay. Whenever you're ready.
0: You know, I'm so glad that you brought your dad here to our hospital because at Terence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctor to know you by name.
13: That was really nice. Because I think we could, yeah, that we could probably get away with cutting every th- all your lead in and, and it would still work. Now, this is going to be tricky. Because now I want you to add a little bit more pitch variation without stepping outside of yourself. You got, Does that make sense?
0: It does. It's What's hard for me is to make a pitch variation technically, which is one of the skills BCs we have to have, <laughs> without yep. making it sound like I'm going, Oh, I need to put my word up here. Exactly. So like, some... could you some hints maybe on how I can make that more organic to go against my own right. instinct?
13: Well, gesture will help you. Okay. Um also justification, sort of internal justification as to why why you would be melodic. Why would you be more melodic? Maybe it's that you're um it has to do with the way you feel about your job and how you want to impress, impress upon people, your passion.
9: but
13: mm-hmm. um, still kind of coming from yourself. It's like justifying. It's like, because sometimes in voiceover, you know, unfortunately, you, you'll even get line readings. Like, we want you to say, at Terrence Memorial Hospital, we want you to get a better da da da, And then you have to be like, okay. So now I have to justify that. You sort of have to redirect yourself in that moment to see why it is that the director wants that. So at least I'm not giving you a full line reading, but I'm looking for a little more pitch variety. Um, Have some ideas?
0: I'll give it my best.
13: Okay. Whenever you're ready.
0: I'm so glad that you brought your dad here to our hospital because at Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name.
13: Okay. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a critique on that read. What do you think?
0: I think it went a little more melodic and less real.
13: Yeah, exactly. A little bit more melodic and a little bit less real. So think just a more nuanced, subtle version of what you just did would probably work just fine. In fact, we do this little exercise really quick. Just go Ooh. Ooh. Good. Now we'll do it kind of over the top. Ooh. Ooh. Now we'll make it as subtle as we can, as if as if our face is a little bit of palette of pitch. Just ooh. Ooh. Now just with a hum like this. Hmm.
2: Hmm. 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 Mm.
13: Now you do it with please? Just the word please. You're gonna go. Please.
2: Please.
13: Nice. Please. Please. So 100% believable with that kind of pitch variety. Now we'll just go. Please.
0: Please.
13: One more time, as believable as possible.
0: Please.
13: Almost. Can you feel it a little bit more? I want to feel. have you just feel this completely truthful. Truthful. Please, please, please.
0: Please.
13: That's really nice. That's better.
0: I was thinking past the corn.
13: (laughs) Oh, really? That's perfect. (laughs) That works fine. (laughs) Past the corn. That's great. So, yeah, it's simple and connected, and then you're also using a little bit more pitch on that please. Sometimes we do the please exercise with just one pitch. Please. Great. So use this please feeling. At Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name. Whenever you're ready.
0: At Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name.
13: Nice. Definitely on the way there. Now, here's the last thing. Is that give us a little bit of the up on old-fashioned so we get the ad hook. That we get that that's where we're going in terms of shaping the overall argument of the spot but still keeping it just as natural whenever you're ready.
0: At Terence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old fashioned for your doctors to know you by name.
13: Good, give yourself your uh, feedback on that.
0: Uh, kind of same. I yeah. think I hit the old fashioned nicely, but I did it with a structure versus feeling that.
13: Yeah, you left yourself there, you, uh, exactly. Try, try it again. So you can sacrifice some of that pitch
0: mm-hmm.
13: for more reality whenever you're ready.
0: David, I'm glad you brought your dad to our hospital because at Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name.
13: Good. So that that's pretty good. I'm thinking, why don't we just do one more read of the whole spot? Okay. And then uh, just kind of see where we're at at that point. Use this organic approach uh, for the whole thing. And and now that we've got that old-fashioned idea for the ad concept and the ad hook, I think you'll be able to more clearly put it all together so you've got this comparison old-fashioned, and and how old-fashioned and technology can work together. That's the ad hook, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Whenever you're ready.
0: Dave, I'm so glad you brought your dad to our hospital, because at Terrence Memorial Hospital, we understand it might seem old-fashioned for your doctors to know you by name, for nurses to check in on you just because they care. At Terrence Memorial, we have all of the advanced technology, facilities, and expertise you would expect in one of America's top 100 hospitals. But when it comes to care, we are proud to be old-fashioned.
13: Great. Just do the last sentence again when it comes to care. Try not to slow down, okay. and don't be too presentational about it. Just be okay. back to the regular nurse that you started as.
0: Okay. I'm going to cross out my ellipses.
13: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think so.
0: But when it comes to care, we are proud to be old fashioned.
13: Okay, now I wish I could play that back for you, but since we're recording this whole thing, then I, I won't at this moment, but you pretty natural, but you slurred the words on but when it comes to care. Okay. So so it's finding the balance whenever you're ready. Okay.
0: But when it comes to care, we are proud to be old fashioned.
13: Okay, now just say it. Do you have it memorized?
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
13: Okay, so don't read it. Don't and then when we go back to reading it, you're still not going to read it, if you will. You're going to actually okay. just say these words. Okay. Whenever you're writing.
0: But when it comes to care, we are proud to be old-fashioned.
13: Very nice. Now, it's just, now, I'm going to, here's your but when it comes to care, is this is your diction. But when it comes to care, mm-hmm. so this is, we need the the butt. Okay. Awesome. Same thing, whenever you're writing.
0: But when it comes to care, we are proud to be old-fashioned.
13: Nice job. Awesome. That was, uh, That I think that's good for now on that. we we got some great work done
0: yay yeah you know that's amazing you know i'm so happy that you're here to help me make progress towards my goal and what's really cool is the brave companions know that i first came to work with you because my absolute terror of doing a character voice that wasn't my own voice remember the little pig and (laughs) how freaked out i was i do so Before we end our little interview and go back to work, could you tell me, give me a sense? We've been working about nine months or so, nine or ten months. What progress have you seen in me in this time that we've been working?
13: Well, gosh, um, I think that we've gotten you to be much more grounded and real in your um, approach to characters that are like you, but also characters that are not like you. And we found that, and you probably have found that being a character voice— unlike the one we were doing on the terrence memorial is really still about finding that the the reality within yourself and then slowly adding a voice really i think is the best approach for you i mean because you can't just be like now i'm gonna be this voice i'm gonna (laughs) be this voice now and i'm done because if you're not you have to connect that to your own your own intentions um your own actions your own objectives and sort of house it within the framework of of uh Acting, ha- having to answer those important questions like where am I, who am I talking to, um, that's kind of first, and then and then the voice is second, in, you know, in in my opinion, most of the time. So yeah, you've come you've come a long way in those regards, and also in terms of uh, your pacing and your diction, for that matter. And I'm working on a couple diction things here on Terrence Memorial, but it's really come a long way. I mean, we've spent time just on the on vocal technique alone speech and diction, breathing, breath support. You used to always be really kind of breathy like this. I don't know if you remember that, but now I'm remembering right now. And now you're starting to use your full uh, natural voice um, in an awesome way. Thank you so much.
0: And I don't know if the Brave Companions know it, but right now we're starting to work on my actual demos. Could you give them a brief overview of what a demo is and why it's important to a voice actor to have a good one?
13: Yeah, well, uh, the, the basic answer is that is it is just your calling card or your headshot for your voice, essentially. So without that, you really you, you have nothing to, to show, literally, unless you happen to arrange a live audition, which doesn't happen that often. So a voice demo is, is you know, just important um, for that reason. It's also important to make sure that you know what genres that you're creating your demo in. It's not like you can just throw on a bunch of different voices. Hey, look at these voices I do, and then I do this commercial, and now I can do this character. It can't be thrown together that way, otherwise the agent will be sort of turned off. So you need to have a demo that uh, showcases a specific genre. So in this case, the Terran Memorial, for instance, is would go on to a commercial demo. And something that is more character if it truly is like a cartoon character, that would go in an animation demo. We're looking for, in a commercial demo, for you to stay pretty close to your natural voice, but be able to show several different attitudes. We're not going to get too crazy voice wise with a commercial demo. We also want to make sure we highlight your sort of what I call money voice. And uh, it's the, it's the, type of sp- that would be with the type of spots that you are most likely to get cast on so for you it's kind of folksy like a folksy and slightly nerdy maybe even <laughs> um, but also authoritative so we've got these different qualities that we've been talking about and want to bring those out and make it so that y- you appear to be the one or one of the ones that could be just right for the spot that the the person might be might be um casting or that the agent could use in their um well what's the word library clientele clientele there we go
0: <laughs> you know because there's plenty of people that might have a voice similar to mine kind of a little bit higher register kind of sound but the things that make me unique are what might sell that spot my take on it while still having all these skills of diction breathing and able to hit the time exactly right and the ability to take direction which is a big one huge I have become so much better at taking direction. <laughs> <laughs>
14: yeah.
0: As you know BCs, I like to control everything, but in the in the sound booth I have to let David's experience and his ears guide me towards being better. And that's something that we've talked about this whole darn show of us becoming better and listening to ourselves and to others and letting help in, letting people in. So I'm certainly lucky to have such a talented set of ears as yours, David, to help guide me. Yay! I super enjoyed sharing that with you. Though BC Dave, I must admit, a few robot alien voices tried to give me the business about airing my imperfections in public. But just like all of Compulsive Overeating Diary, the learning comes from bravely acknowledging the blessings of being exactly where we are, even if you, like me, are striving to improve in one way or another. Since I shared my raw voice acting work in progress, I thought it would also be fun to share with you one of my demo pieces that's farther along. I hope you like it. I want to share with you another piece of the commercial demo that we've been working on. This is a piece that I wrote to show a little bit more of my wacky side while still being commercial called Cranston County Fair. Apple pies, quilts, awards for the biggest zucchini hold up buckaroo with the best thrill rides big country singing stars and the wildest demolition derby in the state cranston county ain't just your mama's country fair it's jam-packed with enough fun and excitement for the whole family come taste cranston county excitement at the fairgrounds august 8th through the 24th okay and the pies are pretty darn good boy howdy i did have me some fun making that cranston county fair piece And what's really fun is that I wrote that one, too. David finds the scripts that highlight one or more aspects of my voice and my current acting ability. Then I go home and write one with a similar tone. We polish the wording together until I'm ready to record. Then David adds the music and sounds to make it of professional quality. I write my own material so I won't be doing stuff that other actors do or accidentally select something that's really well known. Once my entire demo is finished and online, I'll probably post a link to it on the blog and or create a bonus episode featuring it. But I estimate that's still a month or more away at best. It all depends on my progress and my dedication to my voice practice. It takes a lot of different skills to become viable as a professional voice actor. But I'm laser focused and have no doubt at all that I will get there. Another thing I'm laser focused on is celebrating bravery. I still tweet almost daily my bravery pondering for the day on my dedicated Twitter account, The Bravery Coach, all one word, The Bravery Coach. Come follow me there if you'd like to get a daily dose of bravery sayings also. And one of the bravest BCs I've come to know is Maria, who used to be so unsure of her ability to speak English, she was uncomfortable sharing her voice, and who was so shy she didn't even want to share which Spanish-speaking country she's from. Well, now she's bravely stepping up to share with us just how far she's come in her English studies. With her heartfelt thoughts about the show and its ending, here's Brave Maria from Spain.
15: Hey, um, well, as a present for both you and me, I'm going to answer your last email by this way. Uh, oh, this is very difficult. Well, instead, I'm gonna say, um, I'm proud of you, even for leaving the show. I'm really thankful because you have helped helped me a lot and I wouldn't uh, be able to do this that I'm doing without having listened to you and I feel also grateful to all the brave companions I have never uh, still uh, written to I, I hope I will, and I will comment and all that. And I think the best of you. And I admire you, and and thank you, and I love you. And it has helped me helped me a lot not to feel alone. And sometimes, although I I wait quite more I should I look at myself uh, in the mirror and say oh it's not bad and I think that's good uh, too it's not the end of the of the road but it is it's better and I well bye bye and I I will keep you in my heart, and I hope we contact every now and then. And I would like to say hello to all the brave companions, too. Um, Kisses. (slaps) Bye-bye.
0: Dearest Maria, thank you for your kisses and for your bravery. Your message meant so much to me because I knew what a big step it was for you to make it. I'm very happy you intend to post comments on the blog and I hope we can keep emailing for years to come. You are very special and here's a big smooch just for you. And because you are brave, I will be too. Here's my best try at Spanish. Gracias, Maria, eres muy valiente, mi amiga. Which I hope I said, thank you, Maria, you are very brave, my friend. <laughs> Another brave friend I've made during the show is the very wonderful and talented Fiona Lane. Without Fiona encouraging me, I would never have thought ever to take a singing lesson. I will appreciate that gift for the rest of my life. Fiona is also the songwriter who wrote the brave companion song for Show 100. It's been downloaded hundreds and hundreds of times from over 20 countries to date, and I'm very proud to have been a part of that song, and I'm even prouder of Fiana. I asked her if she would be willing to write another song to express to you how I feel about today's show and say on goodbye, and she stepped right up to the plate. Here's Fianna's own parting words, and then BC's please enjoy her latest gift to us, her song, Light in the dark.
14: Hi, Laurie. Um, I'm sitting here contemplating your last episode, and I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm pretty sad about it. I'm really, really gonna miss your show. I'm very, very excited for your future and all the new stuff you're gonna be doing and focusing on, and I imagine. You moving on from this podcast is representative of your ability to let things go more and, you know, move on from some of the struggles you've had in the past. And that is such a thing to celebrate. But I'm really going to miss hearing your voice and hearing the song I'm letting go. And, you know, basically just knowing I'm not alone I want you to know that your show has helped me in my own journey so much you sharing all the feelings and thoughts and all of the 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 brave things that you did that you conquered your fears and, and tried to overcome them has helped me to do the same. And I just really want to thank you for your openness, especially when it comes to your feelings surrounding everything that you've done. Just the fact that you were so honest about what you were feeling made me realize that I'm not weird and that, you know... The super intense feelings that I sometimes get, you know, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of, you know, fear or or just being stupid, like, they're normal. Or at the very least, there are a lot of people that feel the same thing. And that it's okay to feel them and that it's possible to accomplish things and to face your fears and to be emotionally expressive and to get through it and I just can't thank you enough, really I just can't thank you enough, Lori so I did want to talk a little bit about the song Light in the Dark that I wrote for you for the last episode Um, I envisioned this song coming from your perspective as if you were singing it But it is just as much coming from me because I feel like I've been on a journey through this whole thing while I've been following along with you. And I feel more comfortable in my own skin and I feel braver as a person. And I feel like I'm happier to be me than I used to. And I would imagine a lot of BCs feel the same. So, thank you again, Laurie, and um, best of luck in the future. Well, the
2: time has come, I must move on. We have come to journey's end. So say goodbye and I'll be on my way. I'll carry memories with me.
0: in the dark Fiona, you hit it out of the park thank you so much for sharing your gift with us and I'm glad to have at least one emotional twin in you so I won't feel so crazy when I try to be me because <laughs> sometimes being me feels so oddball but you know what between you and me I think being oddball is what makes life the most fun so big smooches for your singing your encouragement and and all that you've done to support the show and me. But most of all, for bravely sharing who you are, Fiana, you have been a wonderful example for me and for all of the BCs in how to be true to our hearts, and I will be anxiously waiting to hear more of your music. I'm your biggest fan. And if you would like to keep in touch with Fianna, post here or on her blog, Fiana Sings, and I'll post that link in the show notes. It's time now for our fourth and final story from the writing group. I'm super proud and excited that the next story comes from none other than my sweet hubby and podcast partner, Mark. Well, brave companions, next up is an unexpected member of our writing group. Mark has decided that he's going to read a story for you, too, and I'm really excited about that. How did you start going to the writing group, honey?
1: Well, hon, I gave you a ride to the writing group, and... As I was sitting there, they said, well, since you're here already, just go ahead and write a story. And did you? Yes, I did.
0: Well, that explains one time going to the writing group. What keeps you going to the writing group?
1: Well, I think it's a group of good people, and and it basically forces me to improve my skill set to, you know... Uh, it causes me to uh, increase my attention span and to concentrate on something for a little while.
0: Hmm, that sounds an awful lot like having to eat your vegetables before dessert.
1: Oh, no, I thoroughly enjoy enjoy the challenge, and I enjoy the company, too.
0: Was it something that was unexpected for you to enjoy writing as much as you do?
1: Oh, yes, totally out of the blue.
0: So what does it feel like for you when you really enjoy
1: the story that you do? It's a feeling of accomplishment that, yes, I, you know, took a few words and was able to craft them into something.
0: And speaking of something, hold on to your hats and get ready for this tender story by Mark called The Beach.
1: I moved to the beach. I know not how long ago. As I have grown older, time has not been kind to my memory. It grows worse by the day. That's why I am writing this. Perhaps I will see it and be able to read it, get some sense of who, what, and why, even if it's only temporary. Why did I move to the beach? Because at the beach, nothing matters but the here and now. No place I have to be. In fact, I threw my wristwatch into the ocean. Before I forgot, it was found. Everybody was talking about the Barracuda that was caught wearing a Rolex. I was always a dreamer. Made a lot of money from my crazy ideas. Even now, I do not remember a lot of them. Here's what I know is important. To just enjoy the now the here, to enjoy the moment, to feel the breeze, smell the salt. I'm always in total wonderment of all the colors. They change even as I write, yellow, blue, green, red, purple, grays, and everything in between. The water moves in and out, first close and then far. The wind also changes twice a day. I remember, not why. My mind can rob me of many things, but not the here, not the moment. I'm lucky to have now, to truly be able to savor every moment as it comes. Now I feel the sand between my toes and my feet are wet. I must have enjoyed a walk along the water. Now as I watch the sunset, I'm happy, totally relaxed. I am
9: here.
0: Well, honey, I was so surprised when you wrote this touching story, but it certainly explains your love of going to Ventura. We really have fun when we go up to the beach there.
1: Yeah, and actually I wrote the story because uh, at the the end of his life, my father would write things down and uh, have to go back to uh, reading it to figure out what was going on so kind of was thinking where would i want to be at the end if if my memory was going
0: Well, that's pretty interesting. I remember Bill writing stuff down and and fooling us with how much he could remember, because we thought that he could remember a lot more than he actually did. But it wasn't just memories of Bill that caused this story to be written. You, like all of us, got the four random prompts that you had to use. So what were your prompts for this story?
1: Uh, My prompts were beach, a dreamer, wristwatch, and faulty memory
0: wow you know i talked with jake about how sometimes we cheat in our prompts if we can't fit them in or sometimes we just can't get to them but i have to say this story fully used all four of your prompts most beautifully well done
1: honey well thank you
0: i think that story was amazing i'm so proud of you honey And B.C.'s, as our podcast time together comes to a close, Mark agreed one last time to give his not-the-scale report about how he thinks I'm doing with my non-diet and how he sees our future shaping up.
1: Mark Weaver here with Lori's No More Diet Report. Each month... I will answer the question everybody's dying to know. How is it working?
0: Well, honey, here we are on day 120, the last produced episode of Compulsive Overeating Diary. Can you believe it? No. Why not?
1: Well, because it's been part of our routine for quite a while now.
0: Yep. And as part of that routine, we had this feature that we used to do when more than a year ago I stopped getting weighed, where you'd report on the state of my body. Remember that? Oh, yes. And we thought that over time you would gradually report that I was getting thinner and thinner and smaller and smaller, but it didn't quite turn out that way. Could you tell the Brave Companions what happened to my body in the last year?
1: Well, you went down a little bit, and then your body kind of stabilized,
0: And how would you describe my 56-year-old stabilized body today?
1: Oh, just, I think it looks marvelous.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you think it looks marvelous. I feel pretty good in it, actually. I no longer have any idea that I'm going to have Barbie legs or get super thin or anything. But I am very grateful for my body's ability to get me up that mountain and to pedal up on the bike and to do all the active things that we do.
1: Yes, that's really fun and you look good doing them.
0: <laughs> oh, I really like that. And before we go, I think the brave companions sort of want to know like what's next for us? What do you see us doing as a family as we move forward and we're not doing a podcast all the time?
1: Well, I think we're going to boldly set goals and and travel around and and experience new experiences and just try to have a enjoy every moment.
0: So we're going to say what's next for us and we're not going to be scared. We're bravely going to go off into our new future.
1: Yes, and try new things and not worry about failure. Just, you know, do it. Go for it. <laughs>
0: That's a good way for us to end. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to the Brave Companions?
1: Yes, it's it's really been a pleasure. I, I've heard many of your stories and really appreciate the enthusiasm you've showed showed for this show. And uh, I want to wish you all a happy life and good luck, and And I hope you all get out there and try new things and and have some fun. You all take care.
0: Yep, from the Weavers, you take care because we really care. Well, BCs, that wraps up the show and the series. Please do stop by the blog or call the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe to send me foolish fun or stories or just to say hello. You can also still see little videos and pics of Mark and me biking, hiking, and showing off Tiger the Cat's cuteness and his mama, Gracie the Cat's tabby beauty, on Instagram at LoriDreamweaver. all one word, Lori Dream Weaver. Know, too, that when the mood strikes me, I'll put out some bonus shows to let you know what's on my mind and what I'm doing, and I could always use some great foolish fun to put in those. But until then, BCs, I just want you to know you've been great and helped me so very much. My experiment is a total success. (laughs) Talking about my thoughts and feelings to you about my compulsive overeating has helped me stay away from the chips. I hope our relationship will continue even though the show will be in reruns for the most part. Until we meet again on some new adventure BC's, take care because I really 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 really
12: a slave without a master heading for disaster kicking up the dust in the middle of the road I've been waiting on a free ride ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound There
2: I'll sit and I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin And by the dawn I'll be gone, it won't be home